Hey friends, welcome to episode 159 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening in today. We have a great show and I have a repeat guest for you. And we are talking about strategies, a spiritual battle plan to win back prodigals. Friend, if you have been praying for a son or a daughter or perhaps a grandchild who is a prodigal, who has walked away from their faith, who has traveled down a wrong path and needs to get back on track. Well, my guest today is Lane Lawson Craft, and I am so thankful to welcome her back. We are having a very deep conversation about winning back prodigals, and I think Most every family probably has one. And some of these kids, you know, they're raised in the church. They're raised in a Christian home. They're raised to follow the Lord. And then something happens and it's spiritual. It's a spiritual battle to win our kids back. They're being blinded by the enemy. We're going to talk all about that. So stay tuned because you are not going to want to miss this. And what Lane has to share is going to encourage, inspire, and challenge you in how you can get these strategies to win back your prodigal. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Friends, welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. And I am so excited today to welcome my guest back to the show. You're going to love her so much. Lane Lawson Craft partners with Struggling Parents with her new book, the Parents Battle Plan, Warfare Strategies to Win Back Your Prodigal. Now, I know a lot of us are going to need to hear this message because it is powerful. And she is a best-selling author and an award-winning media host. And she's an in-demand speaker. And she's my friend. And she's amazing. And she's bubbly. And she's full of joy. And she's full of the Spirit of God. And a great message that you're going to want to hear today. Because friends... We have spiritual battles, and sometimes we don't talk about it, and sometimes we don't realize it, but God wants us to be aware of these things. Welcome to the show, Lena. It's so great to have you. Well, thank you. I have just, Doris, I'm just so thankful for our friendship and so really thankful for your time today to share this really powerful and urgent message. Yes, amen. It is so powerful and urgent. There's so many families who are struggling right now, and some might not even realize what the struggle is or what the root of the struggle is. And so I just would love if you would share a little bit about your story and about the message in this book and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Wow. Well, you know, I I want everyone to know right away, uh, there was a point in time in my life, I had three prodigals and they all three had unique struggles with the darkness of this world. Um, The interesting part of this story, Doris, is that at that time, I was publishing a national magazine called Woe Women, and it's not in publication anymore, but at the time, it was in publication for eight years, 
plus. And it had people like Dolly Parton, a Kathy Lee Gifford, a Harris Faulkner, Justin Bieber's mom on the cover. Uh, but inside was spiritual uh, impartations about everyday life. You know, we had the cooking and the, uh, the home decor and the fashion and the makeup, but all of it had a spiritual sound solution. Well, as you can imagine, Doris, I thought I was at my pinnacle of what God had created me to be. I thought, okay, God, I was high-fiving him. I am doing everything you want me to do. And I'm trying to be obedient and, and to have this wonderful message of hope because we shared a lot of stories of victory where people you know, overcame addictions or our, our marriages were restored, things like that. So, but little did I know, Doris, at the same juncture, my three children were truly in the depths of hell. Um, and looking back after they found victory, they're all three thriving young adults. And, um, after they found victory, the Lord reminded me of my broken heart, all the tears, all the prayers. And he said, Lane, what would you have wanted to know from a spiritual side about your children at the time that they were you know, battling the dark. So the first thing you said is exactly right. I had the aha moment, Doris, that I was not in war with my three teens and young adults. Mm -hmm. I was in war with the enemy that was out to seek, kill, and destroy them. So if you're a parent today or a grandparent or aunt or uncle, and you love a prodigal, a wayward child, I want you to know you're not in war with that child. You're in war with a spiritual battle of an enemy out to get them. Mm, wow, that is powerful right there. Powerful truth and very eye-opening because yeah. maybe someone listening today hadn't even considered that that could be the case. And, you know, how do, how do you deal with that kind of a thing? And, you know, so I would love if you would share a little bit more about what kind of encouragement and actionable steps that you share with yes. your readers in this book. So, yes. So the second thing that I would address for everyone, and it's not to condemn, it's to convict you. Are you praying for that prodigal or wayward? So back in the day, Doris, the Lord reminded me again, I used to do a very, uh, very methodical prayer often. And what it was is I would take a paintbrush, you know, I'm kind of an artist in my mind, you know, mm -hmm. so I would do this in my mind, I would take a paintbrush and dip it at the cross of Jesus where the blood was pooling. And I would dip this paintbrush in the pool of blood of Jesus. And I would paint a, a cross on the back of each one of my children. And I would say these words, Father God, in the name of Jesus and the blood of Christ, please protect Stephen. Please, God, give him wisdom. Help him to grow older because we now know that the frontal lobe of children really doesn't completely develop to their 25. So I had a prayer also, uh, Doris, I'd go, Father, keep them alive till they're 25. It rhymed. And it just, you know, because they were just making so many self-destructive choices. But back to the blood-soaked paintbrush, I would just go down and do this for all three. And I'd say, Father God, in the name of Jesus and the blood of Christ, please protect Stephen and give him your wisdom. And Kaylee and Lawson, what I know that I know that I know is he did protect them. 
for sure. God protected all three of them, but he also gave them the wisdom, you know, as moms, particularly our grandmoms or loved ones of wayward kids, we want to fix it. You know, we want to, you know, rescue them. I'm here to tell y'all I rescued my kids too many times, which really enabled them. Um, But the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, we don't talk about that much anymore, but it's resurrection power and it's life transforming power. So when my kids were ultimately touched by hand, by God's hand in a very personal, intimate way, that's when they forever changed. That transformation. And I love how you were talking about how you were praying for each and every one of your children and putting them under the blood of Christ, that powerful blood that was shed for us. And, uh, you know, and in that it is a spiritual battle. Uh, the fact being that we can enable, and I think that sometimes we confuse that with rescuing and we overstep our boundaries with that, right? Instead of letting God do his work and surrender, we overstep by trying to be the rescuer, right? Lane, if you could talk a little bit more about that, because that's really important. It really is. And so how I present it in the book, The Parents Battle Plan, I say partner with God. And some of you may be saying, what do you mean by that? Well, first of all, Doris, I had to go to God myself and I had to say, God, forgive me. I mean, I've messed some things up. I've probably overreacted. I've probably tried to control things which are ultimately costing them to stay in this wayward life. So I first went to God and repented and just said, God, you, you help me and give me the wisdom and the patience and all the things it takes when you're in battle with the world that's out to seek, kill and destroy our kids. So I I tell parents and, and loved ones, partner with God first, just say individually, God, I'm a sinner, uh, but I need your help. And so when we do that, the greatest part about that, when we partner with God, I love to remind parents and grandparents and all that God was the original prodigal father. Do you remember what he did? He, he had two children named Adam and Eve. And he put them in this beautiful garden, Doris. He he fed them. He he uh, said, here's your food. Here's your warm bed. Here's everything you need for an abundant life. But there's one thing you don't need to do. You see that tree over there? Don't eat of that tree. Well, what did they do, Doris? Mm-hmm. They hated the tree, right? Yep. So yep. the one thing God told them not to do. How many times as parents... Did we tell the kids, don't get in the car with someone that's been drinking. Don't hang around with that kid that's doing drugs, right? And what do our kids do many times? They they disappoint us and do exactly the one thing we ask them not to do. So I want to remind everyone that God's heart breaks with yours because he knows what it's like. His own two children, Adam and Eve, the beginning of humans, uh, they really disappointed and betrayed God because they didn't obey him. So where I'm going with that, when we partner with God, we're acknowledging that he's not only our father, but he's our kid's father. And then we go further and say, Lord, you've trusted me with this kid. You hand knit this child in my belly as the mother. And so you ultimately have control over this. 
And you know, Doris, that changed my life when I really started leaving each three of my kids at the altar and going, God, I've done all I can do. And so I lay them at the altar and Father God, you step in. And when I did that, when I truly partnered 110% with God, wow, it sure helped me as a parent become better. And it offered God a chance to move in and show up. And he did. Yeah. Praise God. Wow. And I love how you were equating the prodigal to how Adam and Eve were prodigals. That was really a cool revelation because I don't think a lot of us really think along those lines as far as Adam and Eve. And so that was that was really a cool way to think about that and how God can relate and knows. And, you know, he wants better for our kids than even we do. And he loves them even more than we do, which is so hard to fathom in our in our minds. <laughs> but well, but it's and so you know, true. when they're in the dark, I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, I had one child, it took 15 years, Doris. Stephen was 15 years of praying that paint soaked blood stained paintbrush, mm-hmm. uh, begging God, uh, show up, you know, uh, because I knew the one touch of God uh mm-hmm. would change everything, and it did, but Uh, You know, in those times of despair, uh, when you're hopeless, even you're thinking, my goodness, they've made another choice that is not good for their destiny. Uh, You do, you, you, you know, you get, you get uh, really desperate for God. And so when you partner with him on this level, you just are confident that he's the father of you and he's the father of that child and that he's with them. He's with them. no matter what we see in the natural. Mm, yeah. And that surrender is so key, isn't it, Lane? It is. It really is. Yeah. Well, that's going to really encourage someone listening today. And it is so freeing because it's as if, you know, God is waiting for us to surrender it all to him instead of trying to take control and control everything. And as women, sometimes that's how we roll. You know, we want to we want to have everything under control and we want everybody to be okay and, you know, those kind of things. And so once we surrender it all, like like you share in your book, it, it changes something. It, it actually activates something in the supernatural realm, doesn't it? Like God says, okay, now we can get to work. Like you say, (laughs) partner with God. So it's like, let's get busy now. You know, so I think that's cool. And it also is going to encourage someone today who is really getting tired and and weary of, of waiting. And so if you could speak more encouragement into that, because sometimes it, it feels like a lifetime, (laughs) doesn't it? It does. It doesn't, you know, today, I mean, I get emails of people that have been praying 30, plus years and and more. And so I would say to that parent or grandparent or loved one of these wayward children, and they can be 40, 45, 50 years old, Doris, mm-hmm. um, God pursues us even in our darkest and weakest points. I, I need to tell you that my son, Stephen, uh, his story is pretty dramatic. He'd been in a 15 year uh, struggle with the lures of the world, drugs, alcohol, womanizing. And he was at a bar two o'clock in the morning, probably something like that. And he was calling an Uber driver and he was high on cocaine and he was ready to go to that next party. And so the Uber driver got there, Doris, and he was a pastor from another country trying to make money that summer. So he said to Stephen, when Stephen sat in the back seat, he said, I feel a need to pray for you. And so Stephen said, sure, man, you know, because he knew what (laughs) prayer was. He, He was, you know, under my 
in influence and impact. And so anyway, the man started praying, Doris. And Stephen said he'd been high, but there was something different. And he said the presence of God, as the man was praying over Stephen and binding things and, 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 and just asking the enemy to get out of that Uber, that he felt the presence of God so much that he just went face forward into the floorboard. And he said, the presence of God was just so weightful. It was like, you could feel the weight of God in there. And uh, that experience proved a lot of things. But number one was that God loved Stephen even high on cocaine and in a horrible journey of darkness enough to pursue him due to a prayer that this man issued and opened the windows of heaven. And then it also shows you that God never gives up. So if you're somebody that's been praying for 30 years, 40 years, you have until your last breath for God to intervene and transform your life. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that and that amazing story. What a powerful encounter that Stephen never had any clue when he got into that car, you know, with that Uber driver who his Uber driver was going to be, but God sent that. And it, it is an encouraging thing also for us to think along the lines of that God can use us in a powerful way to speak truth into the lives of other people's prodigals. You know, maybe we teach Sunday school or maybe we have kids in our neighborhood or young adults, you know, that might be friends with, with our kids and things like that. And we never know what an impact that we can make on someone else's prodigal that God can use as an answer to someone else's prayer. So, amen. amen. And you know, that's so the power of this book. And the reason I say that is uh, the Greek word, the, the Hebrew root is testimony. It means do it again. So what I hoped that you would find strategies for the battle because we're all going to face battles. Uh, we all know a wayward child or prodigal in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what what can we do in that? And, and, and where's the hope in it? And so that's, that's the whole thing. I hope that everyone gets out of this is that this was a testimony of how, you know, in the battle, uh, what, what strategies I felt made a difference and brought my prodigals home. But then it also was a way I could share the hope that if he did it for my kids who were way messed up, he can certainly do it for yours. Yeah. Wow. And we never know how God's going to do it. I mean, don't you know, sometimes how we try to second guess God and it's like, oh, I know God, you're going to use this to make this happen. Or, you know, and it's like, it's never like, no, that's not what I'm going to do. Just wait and see what I'm going to do. Don't try to try to figure it out because his way is so much higher and better. Like, you know, who would ever have thought that he was going to get into that car. It's like, right. Oh, and have cool. an Uber driver bring in the presence of God and yeah. change life forever. I would have never dreamed or imagined that. And that's uh, yeah. how God is really. He yeah. just, you know, another thing too, Doris, that became very apparent, you know, none of us uh, have a testimony unless we went through a test. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage you today. If you've got a wayward child that you love, that, uh, you know, God is still in the midst of writing their story. It's just a chapter of their story. And I know that I'm a hard head and I had to have some tests to have some real testimony of victory. And sometimes we lose kind of focus of that, that, you know, 
there again, we might usurp God and try to rescue them out of a dark place or out of a consequence, but that's God building their story and their testimony of overcoming. Hmm. That is such a major message of hope right there that's going to encourage someone to look at it from a big picture perspective, that this isn't the end all and God has the final say, and he does want what wants what's best for our kids and for us. And he knows how hearts are so broken over the brokenness of this world. I mean, even parents are struggling with their children. Like you said, you know, the brain isn't even fully developed until age 25. And some of these kids are trying to make decisions to transition. They have no connection or identity in Christ. So they don't know who they really are. And they're trying to be something that they're not. And, you know, parents are really, really struggling with that. And just to know that surrender is so key and prayer is so powerful and that God hears, hears our prayers. And also Lane, you know, as, as you encourage people in your book, because oftentimes parents can look at it as hopeless when it's supposed to be hopeful. And so if you could just speak a little bit into that as well, you know, when those thoughts come, what can, what can a mama do when she's like thinking these things like, you know, my kid's never gonna, you know, those kind of things that we can speak over ourselves. I just call it wrong thinking really. And we all do it. I was terribly guilty of it. So what I started doing is kind of doing some things that seem kind of simple, but they had such great outcomes turn on praise music. I know that seems silly, but when I'd be sometimes so in despair and just crying and going, are they ever going to change? You know, help me God, you know, whatever. I would turn on praise music and and I'm telling you, uh, it would turn my heart around. It would bring hope. It would bring joy back because I knew God, it would bring me back to God every time. And then Mm -hmm. I would pause and pray myself and just say, God, I'm again, trying to fill this out in the natural. And this is a spiritual battle. And I would cry out to him. And I love to tell people, Doris, I never left the presence of God, not changed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when those mindsets come in and, 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 you know, and I believe it's second Corinthians 10, five, uh, it says, you know, cast down any thought. And so what I mean by that, if I started really like, let's say they weren't coming in on time at curfew, Instead of letting my mind go crazy and say they've had a horrible wreck or they've been arrested or I would just cast it down. Now, that took a lot of patience and and training. I mean, that's not your initial. I mean, my initial response would be panic. I can't remember the day I would get the phone call or they wouldn't come in at, at curfew knowing they know that they're supposed to be home and panic would set in. So how I replaced panic was I would pause and pray. And I put it back in God's court, if you were playing tennis, and say, God, they're not home, but you know where they are. And just help me, God. Help me be confident and trust you that they're going to come home. Or to face whatever it is that's going to come my way, that you will be there and be my strength when I don't know if I can do this. So um, see how that just immediately makes your mind take it off of a natural, really despairing thought, leaving you hopeless to putting all your hope and trust in him, because really ultimately he's in control of it all anyway, Doris. Yeah. 
Wow, that is such great wisdom from the Lord. And and it does take, it's like when we exercise our muscles, it takes intentionality to take hold of those things that we're thinking and, and change it and surrender it, and then displace those thoughts with positive, uplifting things, you know, like like worship music, like you said, and, and the things that Philippians tells us to think on and, and those kind of things. So I think that's so so precious. And so that's, that is so encouraging. And is there something that you would want to leave the listener with before we get to where they can connect with you? Some, something that God's put on your heart that you feel like someone listening today really needs to hear. Well, I just, I know that we are in a battle. I just found out Doris, I'm going to be a grandmother. So now it's for the next generation that I'm in this battle already, knowing uh, just as you say, if you leave here today from this podcast, knowing that you're not in war with your kid or even the world, you're in you're in war with the enemy of the world and the darkness and the lure. Our kids, we're parenting and grandparenting in a world we've never done before. We're one click away from a predator from a one pill that kills, from a wrong decision that could be deadly, or from bullying so much that your child starts to wonder if their life is better without without them. Uh, These are urgent messages that our kids are getting all the time that we have got to battle and spiritually war against. Um, So I would just leave you with the encouragement that the battle and the victory is ours through the power of Jesus Christ. So now we just have to walk it out and believe and trust, partner with God, pray for our prodigals, Um, you know, all of these things. When we do this, it really will equip us for on that day, because it's coming, the victory for all of us. Amen. That is amazing. And I love that the book gives parents a battle plan, because when you think military-wise, you don't go into battle without a plan, you know, you need a plan. And so I love, I love the name of the book here, the parents battle plan warfare strategies to win back your prodigal. And Lane, where can the listener connect with you and find this book, but also the other amazing books that you've written as well? Yeah, everything's at Lane, L-A-I-N-E, LawsonCraft.com. And anywhere books are sold, uh, you can get the Parents Battle Plan. And, and, and the thing that I really want to leave you with is you're exactly right, Doris. What, what I did is I, I let people, the readers know who the enemy is, because, you know, we got to know who our enemy is. And we know who that is. That's the demons of this world, the darkness, and then the strategies that you win the war with. And I tell you, I know that I know that thousands of parents have been uh, touched by this book and given hope and strategies that, you know, are real life. You know, Doris, we lived through this book. You know, this isn't something we study. This is something we experience. So we know the power of God can do this and we know he'll do it for them too. Awesome. Yeah, it's so very tangible. And it's, you know, it's something that you can speak into the lives of others from your own experience with it. So that is, that makes it even more powerful because God can use all of our stories to encourage others who are going through a similar struggle. So that's powerful. And then the one thing the enemy wouldn't really mind at all is if we just forgot that he was even there, you know, that he doesn't even exist. He wouldn't mind if we just thought 
this is all the world's problem. And, you know, and that he, there is no devil or, you know, there's not a, a spiritual realm that's, you know, working against us. So as we talk about it, it, it is so important because I think that at times we don't talk about it enough, not that we have to glorify right. the enemy in any way, right. but we've got to, like you say, know what this really is, what this battle is and who's really behind the battle. And, and God's word tells about it all the time. So, mm-hmm. so it's good to share that truth. And, so and we do you. feel like sometimes stars, I don't know about you, but in the throes of it, when your mm-hmm. kid is being self-destructive or defiant or disrespectful, putting chaos in the home, you want to think it's them, but it's yeah. really the enemy moving through them. Mm. You know, these dark behaviors are part of that's the plan, you know, yeah. of the enemy is to seek, kill and destroy them and the family. But the good news is we've got the strategies, prayers, partnering with God and looking, nothing is too big for God. That's the greatest thing I could leave today. God is the God that does the impossible. And I know at one point, Stephen, my son, 15 years into this dark journey of sin, uh, God did the impossible. So I, I know that should bring hope today. Amen. That sure does. Praise the Lord for the workers in the harvest <laughs> that are doing his good work and this message. So thank you so much, Lane, for being on thank the show. You. It's so It was so sweet having you back on, and I'd love to have you on again. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, God bless you, friend, and we will talk soon. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope that this powerful episode really encouraged you, especially if you are praying for a prodigal child or grandchild. The world is a confusing place and our young people, our young uh, children and adults need guidance. And I love that we can also pray that they would have wisdom. Just like Lane was saying, pray for them to receive wisdom from God because yes, we have parental wisdom that we receive from the Lord and how to parent and how to pray. But sometimes we forget that our kids also have that same access and also have that same promise that when they ask for wisdom, that they will receive it. And so we can encourage them in that too. Just ask, have a conversation with God and ask him for wisdom. See what he has to say about that. And so those are really important conversations to have. And I hope you'll check out Lane's website at lanelawsoncraft.com. And I will have that in the show notes for you. So you can check out her free bonus gift when you purchase your book, The Parents Battle Plan, Warfare Strategies to Win Back Your Prodigal. So friend, I hope you're encouraged by that. And remember, I am booking for 2024. And I would love to have a chat about speaking at your next women's event. And I hope you join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.